You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Wealth and Women podcast. This is episode number 344. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr of coconutsandkettlebells.com. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer, and I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie Ruper. And today we're going to be talking about struggling with your weight, chronic headaches and fatigue, overcoming imposter syndrome, and transitioning, transitioning to safer household products. So a little bit of this and a little bit of that and some other stuff mixed in between. And we're, we may be talking about, you know, growing up in the 90s. We'll, we'll have some of that chat mixed in with our discussion time, which so many of you just love. So uh, before we jump in, life is overwhelming and busy, and there's a lot going on in the world right now. So many of us are just overexposed to stress and stimulation, which can cause things like sleep issues and anxiety. And subsequently, it can actually make you more prone to getting sick after being exposed to a virus. And one of those sources of stress that a lot of people write off is overexposure to light wavelengths that are stimulating and disrupt your hormones and circadian rhythms. Most people are experiencing that stress daily because light affects all aspects of our biology, and we're all attached to our computers and our phones, and that's how we're kind of getting by now. And it wasn't until I started using my Juve Red Light Therapy device on a daily basis that I really understood how much it was impacting me. I had heard Stephanie talk about it for quite some time, but I never wanted to invest. And finally, when I did, I noticed how the lack of it was impacting me. I was really actually very skeptical. Um, but after I've re- reviewed a lot of the clinical studies and literature on red light therapy from Juve, um, I was pretty taken back and I just wanted to know more about how it worked. So red light therapy actually stimulates energy production in the body by improving mitochondrial function. So if you didn't know, declining mitochondrial function is what causes aging. Um, studies show red light therapy, it, it reduces inflammation. It actually speeds up muscle recovery and aids in the healing of injury. I was actually just looking at some new literature about it improving hair growth and um, actually improving the strength and number of hairs, like for both men and women who are going through hair loss and balding. It also significantly improves sleep, circadian rhythms, and overall mood, including anxiety and depression, and thyroid warriors. It's, there's even research that shows targeted therapy on your thyroid can reduce your need for medication. So for me personally, I've also noticed um, more consistent deeper sleep and less fatigue and migraines. I have the Juve Mini. So it's set up right beside my desk. I have the desktop set up. I have it on first thing in the morning right when I wake up, when I am kind of like going through my emails and clearing out my inbox. And anytime I'm just like tired or fatigued or not feeling well, which is kind of most of the time, but you really only need to do it twice a day for 10 minutes a day juve.com slash wellfed. That's J-O-O-V-V dot com slash wellfed. Our code is wellfed. You'll get an exclusive discount on Juve's newest devices, which are lighter and they have some other features. And then our code wellfed is a percentage off and it's specific to the device and it's for a limited time only. Historically, Juve didn't never did discounts, but they really just started doing it more recently, especially with our podcast sponsorship, which is really cool. So get a discount, get red light therapy in your home. It is so worth it. You will have your device for a long time because if you invest in one, you're going to have it for a decade. So it's an investment now in your health, but also 10 years down the road because you best believe when I'm 45, I'm going to be doing red light therapy daily because it's just a bio, it's just like a beautiful biohack that improves so many things. So juve, J-O-O-V-V dot com forward slash well fed. Hi, Stephanie. Hello. And uh, is this the Stephanie in Boston looking over uh, Harvard University that we're speaking to? Yeah, that's correct. I actually, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I live in the Boston area. I don't live in the city of Boston proper, but yes, I am gazing. uh, I'm gazing over Harvard right now. 
It's pretty cool. That is cool. I'm excited mm-hmm. for you. And did you bring your juve device with you? Uh, actually, I did. I was thinking while you're talking, I was like, man, I got to figure out how to get that to me. Um, yeah. Are you still in the process of like moving in? Oh, yeah, for sure. I yeah. so I've never owned furniture in my entire life. So this is the first time I'm buying furniture. Anybody who follows me on my more, you know, Stephanie Rupert Instagram account will have seen abundant photos <laughs> of me like assemb- in different stages of assembling furniture and like patting myself on the back. Uh, yeah, so I, I put together a sofa, a bed, a bookshelf. I'm pretty proud of uh, some of those. So anyway, um, yeah, it's fantastic. And the first thing I got was furniture to put on my balcony. Uh, mm-hmm. Because that was like crucial. I had a list of things that were necessary for like my, my first day moving in, and they were things like toilet paper, drill, <laughs> right. like cleaning supplies, and then balcony sofa. <laughs> <laughs> you have wait, your balcony is that big? My balcony currently has a gliding love seat, a table, two chairs, and a bike on it. Wow. Yeah, and it's you, there's still there's more room still. It's quite spacious. That's why I decided to live here because it's so important to me. It's it blows my mind. I look at apartment complexes all the time, and not that many have balconies. Mm-hmm. And when there are balconies, I don't see people on them a lot. And I mean, to be fair, I'm not here all the time, so I can't be on mine. But when I'm if I'm home, mm-hmm. I'm on the balcony. You know? So. Yeah. Same. That was always very important for us is to, I can remember when I first moved into my first apartment, we had a balcony, but I wanted to be on the bottom floor so that I could just like go outside anytime I wanted to very easily. Um, And we did like if anytime I had friends over whatever, we would just sit there on the balcony because it's like, I don't know, it just, you know, sunshine and everything is just so healing. And um, especially, I mean, for you, it's going to be a little bit of a change when you have snow because you're going to have to like shovel it off the balcony. Well, I guess you don't really have to if you don't want to. But, um, yeah, especially in pla- – like, I lived in Wilmington for a while. And it was just so nice to just be on the balcony and, yeah. So I, I hear you. And I still try to work outside. That's why, that's why laptops are so great. So I will not get a desktop because I need to be able to take my computer and sit outside, especially when I feel like a headache coming on, which I know you have experience with. Yeah, yeah, I wear a hat and sunglasses when I'm out there a lot, but it's also got a, it's got like a roof, kind of, which is, it's just, I don't know, it's super lovely. And uh, yeah, you're right. And do people use desktops? Is that a, I guess they do. They do. I think, I think a lot of my friends are people who have desktop setups because they're doing design work or like constantly working on in like graphics and stuff yeah i have a lot of friends that do design and graphics and stuff like that so um i don't know i i just can't and i i do i think it would be nice because i i would like a bigger monitor i i always think that that sounds like a nice thing but no it's cool you can also you can attach a monitor to your laptop too right that's true Yep, anyway. just haven't made the plunge. <laughs> anyway, so it's October 5th, um, and that's exciting, <laughs> the day that this is coming out, which is actually, we haven't really been co- recording that far in advance. When we, when I was, like, pregnant and having babies and just things are going on, we would record often, like, months in advance. But now it's, like, we just kind of push it to the wire, which is fine. It's more, more up to date. I, I prefer it that way. But uh, so it's October 5th. And what I have been working on, I want to quickly mention um, Beauty Counter is coming out with their holiday sets. So there are these. And so I just got all of mine in. So I've been trying to kind of test them and look at them and, and come up with my own recommendations. But basically, I know we talk a lot about skincare, safe skincare, treatments, especially what I'm finding with the holiday sets that are going to launch today on beautycounter.com is that a lot of them are like sets of mini treatments. So if you've been wanting to try some some of these like pricier treatments, you don't want to invest in a $70 bottle of vitamin C serum, but you want to, you know, maybe try it out and see how it goes. Um, I can, of course, send you a sample. But I think that these these holiday sets actually have little mini vitamin C serums and overnight resurfacing peels and like anti-aging serums, like all the things that I use, except they're in mini bottles and they're at a discount. So um, I'm really, really excited about 
just the clean beauty industry as a whole. I use uh, Primally Pure and Beauty Counter, and I know you 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 do two stuff, but um, it's just come so far in the last five years, and the holiday sets from Beauty Counter are just phenomenal, and I think they're gonna um, be really helpful for people who want to try new things, but also don't want to like again break the budget because all the things are at, at a nice discount. So I do. I don't mention this enough, but I do do my own promotions and free gifts for, you know, with purchase for my community. I've done that historically. Um, And I may or may not do that again. (laughs) But uh, you need to be on my, I just have like a clean beauty list that I send out new information just about what's going on in clean beauty. I do my own promotions and giveaways and stuff. Go to coconutsandkettleballs.com slash beauty. Coconutsandkettleballs.com slash beauty. Put your email in there. I send an email maybe once a month, and there will be some sort of Black Friday sale. I have no details on it. I don't know if, you know, what it is. But what I know in the past is that we've done site-wide sales. So um, now is the time. I'm trying to be very intentional about being, (laughs) like— get ready. There's going to be a site-wide sale of some sort or a sale or promotion of some sort within probably in, you know, next month for Black Friday. So just get on my email list and you'll be able to kind of invest in a cleanser or moisturizer or one of these like treatment sets and you can start testing it out again at a discount. The holiday sets are bundled at a discount, but there's also going to be a site-wide sale. So I'm really, really excited. And Primally Pure always is a Black Friday sale too. So in my Clean Beauty email, I will put the details of that as well um so that you guys can get all the stuff at a discount i always feel like in years previous i've been like oh this is the thanksgiving episode i should probably talk about the sales so now you have the heads up um the second thing and i teased this on insta and my my goal was for steph not to see this before our episode but it happens you're doing the thing now where you actually and I don't mean this in a bad way, but you you well, maybe we should not talk about this on air. <laughs> Wait, you don't even know what I'm gonna say. Go ahead. What this are you isn't what say? You, you this isn't what you think it is. Um you're doing the thing now where you you log in and you look at the questions beforehand. Whereas Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oh <laughs> Okay, look, so I'm not um I <laughs> You can edit this out if you want, or you can keep it. Uh, for many years, I was very comfortable with being like really up to speed with what we were talking about with a lot of things. But nowadays, like I want to make sure that, you know what I mean? Like I I want to make sure that I, I know what we're talking about because before I was very confident and now I want to, you know, so I always do oh, prepare now. I completely understand. I think before you were really in the industry as a whole, we both were. And yeah. this is the kind of thing we were talking about doing daily. So um, now that you're been pursuing other things in your life and you're not doing paleo for women full time, like I totally get it. I I think it's great. I think it's fine. But I'm always a little bit like, oh my gosh, I didn't get all the stuff because I prepared this episode document yesterday. You can do it whenever you want. I'll figure it out. Don't worry about me. Yeah. But I saw you, you were logged in and there was nothing in there. I was like, oh no, she's looking for things and I haven't fulfilled it. <laughs> um, so I put all the things in there. I, I, for some reason, y'all, I don't know what it was. I think somebody posted, oh, you know what it was? Somebody had posted a photo in Instagram of these little dolls that you, and I, again, these are memories I didn't know I had until I see, you know, you see something and you're like, whoa, I remember that. But if somewhere were to, you know, ask you to recall it, you couldn't. So someone had shared this graphic, and I did share it to my Instagram, of these little dolls that you could make online. So Yahoo used to do something where you could make your own little, um, it's almost like making your own emoji, you know? But um, anyway, it was called like Dolls World or something like that. And I was like, wow. So I was like, what was that called? So I Google searched 90s dolls. And then I was flooded with all of these memories. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, I all of a sudden, I just started seeing everything that I had played with from, you know, age three to four on, which is just, it was weird to see it all, but not actually remember it, but all of a sudden feel like you, it was a part of you. So I, I dropped some of these pictures in our document. And I wanted to see if, um, 
Uh, by the way, I think this is a great thing. Everybody should do it. Stop right now if you're a kid of the 90s. Stop right now and just Google search 90s dolls, and you're going to see a lot of the things that we're talking about. Do you recognize anything that I have posted in this document? You know what? Yes. Not as much as, like, not every single one. Sure. There's this one uh, dog that is pink, and it's got big Albert Einstein hair, and it's got <laughs> yeah. puppies. And I got that for a birthday once. I remember that vividly. This is called always- Puppy Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you, Steph, this was one of my favorite things. I think I, so you're like a couple, you're a couple years younger than me. So maybe like the things I remember you barely, you know, it's, it's hard to remember something when you're four versus six, but puppy surprise. I still remember the jingle. It was like, there can be three or four or five. And like, you just crossed (laughs) your fingers and hoped that you got the like five little puppies from the pouch. Yeah. 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 What about you? What did you have? Uh, well, my, my dog, I think only had the three and I was like, really? Um, I had everything in this list, of course, because that's why I put it in here. But, um, I was wondering, did you have the doodle pets? Do you know that little purple dog or like any of the things that you could like draw on? It was like a stuffed animal. Mm, No. Oh, maybe, maybe I might've had a, a blue one or somebody I knew did. Maybe, maybe. I had a Polly Pocket. Yes, Do you remember me too. Poly, I, had a I didn't Polly put that Pocket. in here because I felt like everybody had Polly Pockets, but I was... <laughs> I was. You put Barbie in here. I know. Um, the Caboodle Barbie. See, this is the thing. Barbie. I knew I had Barbies, but then I saw this Caboodle Barbie with her own Caboodle and her pink dress, and I was like, I remember this dress. Like, I remember this vividly. I would have never said, oh, I had Caboodle Barbie, but, like, I remember the dress. Um, yeah. so funny. Anyway, and then the Barbie with like <laughs> the tie dye. It's like so late night, yeah. like early nineties. So cute. Well, it's back now. So I know it. Yeah. There I mean, you go. I don't think you had this, but I had Quince too, which was like a package of five dolls, and they all had a different color associated with them on their butt, and then they all had like their own little blanket and <laughs> bottle. Do you remember that or no? No. Okay, so I think that that was like. Be, I had an older sister, so I think that I remember these things that might have been, like, late 80s. But anyway, mm-hmm. everybody should look up Quince, because when I saw it, I was like, what? Like, I remember seeing it. And then I started seeing everything on um, eBay, and I was like, I should buy this for Stella. And I was like, no. Nope. No. Nope. This is, this, is, <laughs> this is old stuff that she's not, not going to care necessary. about. necessary. Yeah. Anyway, there's three other dolls. One of them is PJ Sparkles. You squeeze her and she sparkles. That was one doll that I absolutely loved. I was pretty small. Again, not something I would have remembered until I saw the photo. There's Starla, which she sings into her. You can actually sing into a microphone and she will like sing with you. Not sing with you, but she's got this crimpy hair, hot pink outfit, purple little microphone, and you have a microphone that you can sing with her. And then I was like, baby, feed me or something. And there's like a little container of cherries and you I think I had that one I feel like somebody I commented yeah Yeah. and you feed the baby and then the the cherries disappear disappear or something and it was for some reason that was so exciting so exciting it was so exciting yeah and then the magic nursery dolls which I think was kind of like a play on cabbage patch kids and of course Mm -hmm. American girls so which we all know what did you have (laughs) did you what American girl did you have didn't we, didn't we discuss this recently? <laughs> the yeah. Well-Fed Women podcast. Um, <laughs> I had I had uh, Josefina, and oh. I yeah, I had Josefina. Oh, I thought you would have had Felicity because of the red hair. I actually later on got Felicity for my mom. It's funny though; I didn't have any money, so uh, right. Now I remember. So this I got yeah. So I, I wrangled help <laughs> to get Felicity for my mom. That's cute. Um, yeah. Okay, so we'll try to, I think I'll drop all of this in the Paleo Women Instagram, Paleo Women Podcast Instagram, which is just at WellFed. Did I just say Paleo Women You've been calling this the Paleo Women Podcast, yeah, for the last like four sentences. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We're just like in that throwback mindset. Yes, there you go. That's a great, yeah, I'll take it. WellFed Women Podcast at WellFed Women 
is the handle on Instagram. And um, I'll drop all these pictures in there and you can tell me which ones you had. Or in the stories, we will. Okay. We have good questions today. That was your blast from the past. Um, Let's come back to reality. Question number one is from Allie. I'm having the hardest time lately with my weight. I've had severe hormone issues since having my daughter three years ago and I've gained 60 pounds since. I've also been on psychiatric medication that causes weight gain. I've been working with an acupuncturist and a functional medicine practitioner, and both are encouraging me not to diet just to keep doing the treatments we've been working on and the weight will fall off naturally. I've worked so hard on my relationship with food since recovering from anorexia about five years ago. I don't want to diet again, but right now it is so tempting. I'm struggling mentally, especially with all the fun fall clothes coming out and now having limited options because I fall into the plus size category. I went, I won't say her size. I just need some encouragement because I'm having a hard time. Who else has been through something similar? And I will note that she posted... Um, This is one of the questions that was posted in our Facebook group, and Allie gave me permission to uh, bring this on here and discuss because I think it's a a really important topic. Um, But I will say, Allie, you also posted on September 1st that you finally ovulated again, which is awesome. So I will that I think that that's, you know, a good sign. Um, But anyway, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, encourage you, we can do (laughs) that. We can do. This is what we do. Um, Yeah, that's that's great. I think ovulating again is a great sign. I think your initial thoughts and the thoughts of people that you've worked with are absolutely on track. Dieting won't necessarily help, not in the long run. And in fact, could possibly be detrimental in the long run, right? Because what you're looking at now is recovering from a bunch of stuff, right? Uh, the anorexia, even though it was five years ago, these kinds of things can linger. Um, psychiatric medication and the way that that alters people's internal weight management mechanisms, what have you, like those, th- that's significant. Like that's quite significant. And so, and the hormone stuff. These things take time. And I remember speaking recently. I'm sorry, I don't remember on which episode, but like each of the body's systems are intrinsically complex on their own, and then they have to network with one another. And so health coming back online or certain systems coming online or waxing and waning, what have you, like it is incredibly complex and can take a long time because all of the systems need to sort of get back online and they rely on each other in certain ways and that sort of thing. So we really, 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 really want to focus on healing, managing, you know, the underlying stuff. Um, and like I said, calorie restriction in the long run could be detrimental because it could lock you back into some sort of restrictive mindset. It could lock you or into it for the first time. What You know, it can cause these kinds of mental patterns, uh, these kinds of negative self-talk, the kinds of punitive behaviors, you know, all the stuff, the overeating, undereating cycles, the feeling restricted, the frustration. And if you are working on recovering from uh, having taken a med with certain side effects, if the recovery doesn't go as quickly as you want, it can be frustrating, right? Like if your body has a biochemical aspect of it, component in it that is currently holding your, you know, set level weight, what have you, at a certain amount and you're working really hard to drop calories because you want to lose weight, but your body is still doing that thing. Like that can be so disheartening <laughs> and it, it, and it can be really frustrating because you feel like you're putting in a lot of effort and nothing is, is happening. Right. So like addressing underlying causes is so primary for me. Uh, and the, honestly, the longer I am here on this earth, <laughs> my birthday around the corner, like the longer I'm here, the more I realize that dialing in on certain underlying health things, like I, I just wish I had, you know, and I'm not saying anybody should like be looking back and wishing, but what I'm saying is I, I realize how important they are. And when we talk about things like, uh, eating in a, you know, in a relaxed state and, meditating and all of whatever. There's a lot of stuff that we talk about doing that uh, is hard to implement as a daily practice. And then I do it 
And I'm like, wow, okay. So anyway, addressing underlying health is just, it's super important. And what I could say for, you know, how to navigate this and move forward, uh, patience is huge. Uh, I think a lot of us, we all have to reckon with it at some time or another. And and it's been a major point of reckoning for a lot of people in the last couple of years. Um, Patience is really, really big. And I also, I might suggest relating to your body, like you might relate to another person, right? And I know that the body is you, but if I think about my body, myself, my body, myself as Noel or one of my dear friends or any of the younger people I know, would I, would I, would I treat them in, in such a way, like expecting them to be in a place where they're not currently uh, being harsh with them, uh, putting some sort of restrictions on them that they're just not you know, ready for, all that sort of stuff. Like I absolutely wouldn't, right? And so I would just think about like how might my body want to be treated? Like what in the long term would I regret the least? That's a really big heuristic I use for a lot of my decisions. Like what in the long term would I regret the least? And what in the long term would, would bring me the greatest peace and joy? Like what can I do for that now? And I would encourage anybody to be proud of themselves for you know, sticking to a way of healing and a way of loving in a way of being in good relationship with your body that isn't encouraged by our society. I think that's really important. And also, of course, I would surround myself with people who share the same values, right? And who can be supportive of me in that way. So those are some thoughts about this sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's good. I, um, by the way, everybody, Stephanie's birthday is October 18th. Oh boy! Send her a little, <laughs> send her a little message when it comes around. Cause it's just around the corner. No, it's okay. Please don't feel obliged. <laughs> Nobody feels obliged. We're just doing because we want to. Um, okay, so I I think that why this is this was a great topic to discuss, Allie, and why I'm really appreciate you allowing us to discuss this here is that this is the concept that is the essence of this podcast and what health health and wellness culture fights you on. So we have these two almost opposing ideas. One is diet culture and our society and what you see on social media, which is you need to lose weight to be healthy. You need to focus on weight loss. You need to look at your body and feel bad about it and go on a diet. And you need to be working out more, and that's where your worth lies, and you're not healthy unless you're pursuing a diet and you're cutting calories and you're losing weight. And then we have the opposite end of the, or the, you know, other side of that coin, which is what is more so the reality, right, which is the truth of it all, and that is health is not a number, and there are a lot of underlying things, things that are going on in the body. And that is, a, that is a better depiction of your health. And so when we focus on weight loss, we can, in fact, make our body less healthy. And health is not determined by your weight. You cannot, health complications are not caused by the weight itself. There's some sort of underlying condition, something going on internally that is creating or causing health complications, which a side effect of that may be unwanted weight gain or weight gain that seems to come on quickly and not make sense and, you know, be really frustrating. And I can empathize with that absolutely because I've, you know, I've experienced those same things, right? We can damage our metabolism, our thyroid can can act up, we can struggle with hormone imbalances, we can be taking medication that impacts our weight in a way that we feel is not accurate or, you know, to what we're doing or, or how we're pursuing health or all the things. So society, health is all about weight, you need to be lose, losing weight loss. And what the reality is, is health is not 
just a number. And when we focus on just a number, we actually move further away from the things that make us healthy and feel good. And we take our attention away from these biomarkers of health, like inflammation and mental health and our cardio fitness and our strength and, you know, our like inflammatory markers and our insulin sensitivity and all of these things that are actually what make us healthy, what make our body healthy. And being a female and living in this society means always kind of feeling that pressure, always having to talk yourself out of the messages that you're getting. And that can be really, really hard. And it is still hard for me. It's not like easy peasy. Now, I've really turned down the dial and I don't, I care, you know, very, very little about other people's opinions about my body, but I will say I still feel it. I still am on social media. I still put myself on social media and I know that that people are going to judge me, you know, and and I know what they're thinking. And so sometimes that can cause me to pause and be like, should I, oh no, should I, you know, should I be eating this or, you know, and so, yeah, it even happens to me. So you're not doing something wrong by feeling this way. And I think that feeling overwhelmed and feeling like, I just, this is so tempting. I want to go on a crash diet. I want to like take care of this. Like, I want to solve this problem, um, this, you know, with a crash diet or with cutting my calories. It's, it's a normal response. I think what you have to do in those moments is say, like, the, the point Stephanie made right up front, which is, this is not a long, that's not a long-term solution. That is it. You, if you do some sort of strict diet, the literature we have on dieting is pretty profound, The majority of people gain the weight back and some. And I feel like, especially now, I've been kind of working more in my community and trying to help friends and family and stuff like that. And it is so hard to get through to people to make them realize that, yeah, that may work in the short term. Like, cool, cool, you lost five pounds or 10 pounds or whatever, and you're going to be doing this diet for a month. What about next month? What's happening then when you're burnt out and you're drained and you really don't want to keep doing these not very sustainable restrictions and ways of working out and working out 10 hours a week and really restricting everything for six days and eating what you want on a seventh day? Like, none of this is sustainable, You're tanking your metabolism, you're overworking your physiology, you're stressing your body out, and the weight, it's not a long-term solution, and like, it's very likely that the weight that you quote-unquote lose, you know, the whether it's water weight or whatever, in the short term, it's going to come back. So it's not a long-term solution, it's not improving your health necessarily, and Of course, I want people to be moving more and I want them to be eating more nutrient-dense foods and all the things. I think that that's all really great stuff. But when it becomes, again, a diet and you're super restrictive and you're pushing yourself to work out more and you're really focused on these short-term things, which is, can I get that number on the scale to move? That's not sustainable. You're not going to be able to do that long-term. And long-term, the research shows that that weight is going to come back. So how can we get our focus off of weight which society wants us to be so focused on and focus on our health. And we really have to (laughs) renew our minds daily. We have to be able to remove these forces or influences that say you need to be focused on your weight or your cellulite or your flabby thighs or whatever. And, you know, remove those influences from our life and bring in influences. You have really great influences. You have a functional medicine practitioner. You probably have really supportive family members. You have... um an acupuncturist. And those people are telling you, we see your physiology is off. There's something going on. You've been through some trauma. Your body is really, you know, is going through trauma. And so we're in a healing phase. And when we process through this healing phase and we focus on, you know, nutrients and resting and getting, you know, moving through this sort of trauma and processing it, we can, your body is going to 
kind of recalibrate and be where it needs to be. And I think that that's really a beautiful way of looking at it is that life is full of seasons. And are you in a healing season or are you in a season where you can kind of push it a little bit more and add a little bit more stress to your life in the form of whatever, you know, workouts and strength training and all that kind of stuff. And the season of having little kids is just so, it's it's a balance. And you have to be really intentional with the stress that you let into your life because you're already underslept and stressed and all the things. So I think you're on the right path. I think you just continue on in this season. And you recognize that maybe in a year or two or somewhere down the road when you're when you're kind of out of this healing phase and you're starting to feel better, you will know. You're starting to feel better. You're like, cool, I can like take on a little bit more. I can move a little bit more. I, you know, I want to pursue this cool fitness goal. I want to be able to ride for 30 minutes or I want to be able to lift, you know, deadlift X weight or whatever. And you can start to pursue those goals within the context of, I don't feel like I have to push myself to lose weight. I don't feel like I have to push myself to, you know, to cut my calories. I can just be pursuing fitness and health goals without that context and just, you know, continue to check in with my body. And just speaking from experience, that's kind of where I am at now. I've totally can understand where what you're going through because, you know, having the two kids back to back and the physical pain that I was in, all that, I just, it was so overwhelming. And I never felt like, while I was breastfeeding especially, I just, I couldn't focus on anything else. I, I had to keep checking in with myself and say, now's not the time. We're not in that phase. We are in a phase of sleep and recover. And it was only until about six months ago. So I gave myself, until my, my son turned about two, which was when I started feeling like, my back wasn't, you know, I wasn't having experiencing this significant amount of pain. But really just about May of this year where I decided, huh, I think I can add a little bit more stress to my body in the form of consistent workouts. So now I'm going to intentionally be consistent. I have help. I have somebody who's helping me watch my kids. I'm My daughter's now in preschool four days a week, and I can intentionally bring in a workout, and I'm going to prioritize that. I'm going to prioritize that over maybe getting more work done, being more productive. And and I'm going to prioritize that. And I may actually take a look at what I'm eating to make sure that it's aligning with my fitness goals. Because if you're going to be upping your fitness, you've got to make sure that you're eating appropriate carbohydrates. I may or may not decide to eat a brownie at night, you know, because I know it doesn't really make me feel that great first thing in the morning when I want to do a high-intensity workout. So, and and my body has responded wonderfully. But if I had done this to myself when I was three months postpartum, six months postpartum, a year postpartum, a year and a half postpartum, I would have tanked. My body would not have responded well. I would have maybe seen some short-term quick things, but I can tell you right now, I, I would have created more pain. I would have created more metabolic dysfunction and more, you know, just issues for myself, more inflammation, more sleep issues, all the things. So wait, I know this has been really long and I'm sorry, but consider yourself in a phase and continue to check in with yourself and know that you're going to come out of this healing phase. There is an end. There will be an end. And of course, we're always throughout our lives checking in with ourselves and saying, is this a healing week? Do I need to take a recovery day or recovery week this week, which happens all the time to me? But you're in an intentional healing phase right now, and life is a lot. And the last thing you need to do is restrict your calories for a quick short-term solution, which is not going to serve you well in the long term. Anything else, Steph? Nope. <laughs> I did a lot of talking with my hands there. Nobody saw that. Question number two Aww. is from <laughs> question number two is from Sarah. Uh, causes of chronic headaches and fatigue all started one year postpartum and can't figure out what's causing it. We've been dealing with it daily for almost two years. Yeah, so <laughs> headaches and fatigue, I, there's there's a lot of things that can happen in the body that could be a lot of things. And these are two really high on the list. These items are two really high in that. <laughs> these are two items that are really high in that list. Headaches talking and is fatigue, hard. both talking is, yes, talking is hard. Um, <laughs> I apologize for me. Headaches and fatigue are both caused by a lot of things, like a lot 
of things. Um, of course, being postpartum could be very relevant. Uh, there are significant hormone changes that your body body goes through. Uh, your age, of course, matters if you're concerned about your hormones. Could you know? Could that the changing in hormones throughout life be a part of that? Um, and you definitely want to think uh, about estrogen and progesterone. If you really wanted, you could get a hormone panel done to see if how your body is changing uh, postpartum. I would recommend looking uh, not just at a specific moment in time, but over the course of a few weeks, you can get certain panels done that might read you once a week for a month or every day for a month, that sort of thing to try to get uh, a bigger picture, a more well-rounded picture of how your hormones might be changing. If you think that that could possibly, if you think that that could possibly be a thing, um, I would also prompt you in trying to get to the bottom of this, to think really deeply about what might have changed in your life at the, when it started and pinpoint it. It's not always easy to do. <laughs> Actually, it's quite challenging to do, but I would think very deeply about that. Something um, a few weeks before that, maybe, you know, uh, leading up to that. But around that time, did you change your diet? Did you change your sleep? Did you change your habits with your kids? Did you change your work, like your exercise, all of these sorts of things, uh, whether you're drinking caffeine or not, really important to try to get to the bottom. And that can help you narrow down the list of possible causes of the things that you're experiencing. It doesn't eliminate all of them, but it can help you narrow it down. And of course, the headaches and fatigue, if they started like right at the same time, I think it's reasonable to uh, look at them in confluence to try to assess uh, a common cause. It's also possible they're caused by different or slightly different things or things that are related in the body, but not necessarily the same. So um, saying that, uh, talking generally about getting to the bottom of things, the next thing I would also uh, recommend thinking about in terms of fatigue and headaches and really any other symptoms you might be experiencing is um, looking for patterns, right? You say chronic headaches and fatigue. Is that every day? Is it every day at the same time? Is it every week? Is it every other day? Is it some days? And can you identify then what is happening on the days that it happens and the days that it doesn't, right? Is Again, is it about a certain time uh, of day? Because circadian rhythms can play a big role in that. Your exposure to certain elements like light can play a role in that or the way you're eating throughout the day. So you have a histamine intolerance if you eat a lot of histamine-containing uh, foods and that can build up throughout the day, um, maybe related to your caffeine or your exercise. So thinking about when things happen, is it a very stressful day? That sort of thing could be really important. Okay. So I'll dive into a couple of potential things that it could possibly be. Um, but none of them are necessarily specifically related to postpartum. Um, I think with a certain amount of time out and time out, like after, and also just bodies being bodies, being postpartum is something to consider, but there's a whole lot there, right? So, um, there could be some nutrient depletion due to um, having giving birth, maybe having breastfed, maybe having been stressed or underslept uh, in terms of nutrients that might be depleted that would be relevant to headaches. Magnesium is very high on that list. Um, and so I would consider that. Uh, I would, of course, do my best to move to the lowest inflammation diet possible. This is really important for everything <laughs> and for headaches and fatigue and um, attempting to help your body develop the capacity to like restore nutrients, right? Because we're constantly using nutrients and often in times of stress or when we're creating other organisms inside of our body, other humans, um, it actually, right. It, it, it takes a lot of, it can take a lot of those resources. And so a low inflammatory nutrient dense diet can really help with that. Uh, lots of different kinds of vegetables of all different, uh, you know, colors of the rainbow. Um, I like anti-inflammatory herbs like turmeric and uh, ginger a lot in food and um, spices. We have leaves of mint and, and that sort of thing. Thyme, they can be very nutrient dense. Um, but definitely uh, that, definitely that sort of nutrient enrichment, eggs, 
grass fed, natural caught, wild caught, all those sorts of things, happy eggs um, <clears throat> can be really enriching. So I definitely recommend that. Um, consider sleep and stress postpartum. That's really big. Magnesium, again, I would consider uh, in in those sorts of things. I mean, I I take it like always and I don't think a lot of it would hurt a lot of people to give magnesium a try. If you're experiencing headaches, I personally would go with at least two different kinds of magnesium to start leaning heavily towards magnesium threonate, which is uh, crosses the blood brain barrier and more active in the brain. And uh, I would pair that with another form of magnesium that's more active outside of the brain just to sort of cover the bases. And magnesium can help play a role in releasing muscle tension. And so if you're carrying a lot of stress and also with the adrenals, you know, like everything, helping the body de-stress. So um, I would pair that with another magnesium like a glycinate or uh, uh, citrate. There's there's a whole bunch of them. Um, and I, I wouldn't necessarily be super picky about it. Um, except not oxide. That's the only one I, I don't recommend. Not a huge fan. Um, not great for digestion, not super bioavailable. So, but any of the ones that end in an eight, I'm all okay about that's ATE eight. Um, dehydration, very important for headaches and for fatigue. Of course, um, you may want to consider, um, electrolytes with your rehydrating attempts. Caffeine, of course, can play a major role in headaches. Um, and I, yeah, histamine can play a, a super big role in headaches. And in fact, I'm realizing more and more that it's an underlying factor in the headaches that I've chronically experienced my entire life. Um, and so that's worth looking into too. And of course, histamine and estrogen as, um, <clears throat> Noelle explained at length, uh, several podcast episodes ago, but not too many, uh, several is what I mean. Um, that there, there is a, a link um, between estrogen and the way that it modulates histamine receptors and um, histamine receptors are everywhere in the body. Histamine is a naturally occurring, occurring molecule. It's, it's important in the body. Your body uses it actually for wakefulness, which is one thing, which is very interesting. Um, it's an important part of the immune system, but it can build up in the body, especially if you have a, some sort of genetic predisposition to histamine intolerance, which I do. Um, but if you have that sort of thing, then, uh, yeah, it can build up and even otherwise and, uh, result in, in headaches. And so clearing it out of the body could be really helpful. Um, histamine containing foods are ones that are aged. Uh, yeah, anything aged, things that sit in the fridge, things that sit in a can, things that like sit for a long time before you eat them tend to be, um, have more histamine in them. Anything that's, um, smoked or preserved, um, like preserved meats or aged cheeses, that sort of thing, wine for sure. Um, and of course, anti-inflammatory stuff that supports your body in its detox processes or in reducing oxidative stress can be really helpful. I already mentioned turmeric and ginger. Um, magnesium threonate, of course, is um, great. I, I have in my notes, magnesium other eight. Okay. I said that already. Um, quercetin, bromelain, bromelain helps the body, um, integrate quercetin. And then of course, um, dehist is the supplement that we've been talking about recently, which just sort of, um, has a handful of things in it that will help mm -hmm. that can help with those things. So that's, that's big, but, um, I mean, headaches and fatigue are really big and I leaned it more into headaches cause I know more about it, but fatigue is very related to a lot of that stuff. Yeah, no, I think that's good. The Big things that come up for me, Sarah, and I know because I've seen some of your other questions that you're not sleeping well. And I think that lack of sleep can really, really impact everything about headaches and fatigue. So I'm inclined to say you've got to all stops, put everything into your sleep and correcting sleep, and then everything else will fall from there. So... Mm. Yeah, I, mm. I just it's hard. It's hard to fix anything without getting sufficient sleep. And I do think sleep's going to fix a lot of those things. But to fix your sleep, it's going to take a lot of tinkering and experimenting and trying to figure out if there's any underlying issues um, with what's impacting you waking up in the middle of the night, not being able to go to sleep, all the things. I will say EMFs, EMF exposure um, can cause that. So if you have like a Wi-Fi, if your Wi-Fi is anywhere near your bedroom, get it out of your bedroom, get electronics out of your bedroom, get your phone off of your your nightstand, put your phone in, in airplane mode. 
Um, we set to turn our Wi-Fi off at night because I don't want anything interacting with my sleep or causing stimulation. I do think histamine is another thing that I would experiment with, look into, try reducing high histamine foods. I'm wondering if you're allergic to something or being irritated by something, which brings me to what really I was like, huh, is mold. So if there is any sort of mold in your house, um, it's going to cause chronic fatigue symptoms and definitely like brain fog, fuzziness, sleep problems, and headaches. Make sure that you're testing your home or, you know, you've gotten maybe an organic acids test done to see if there's any sort of mold in your system. But really, it's it's looking at symptoms of uh, mold illness and seeing if that aligns with what you got going on, obviously, to Lyme's disease kind of when I was reading like chronic fatigue, chronic fatigue, because I know that you're probably are since you listen to this podcast and, you know, you and I have talked before. Sarah, you are listening to you're you're eating nutrient dense foods and all the things. So Lyme's disease may be another big thing to look into and just kind of see if that if any of your symptoms align with that. I will say it might be time to try to find another practitioner, whether that's an acupuncturist or a different functional medicine practitioner who really specializes in your symptoms and what you're going through. You know, female symptoms can work with uh, women who are breastfeeding and pregnant and all that kind of stuff to fix the underlying root causes, hormonal imbalances, stuff like that. Not just somebody who's close by, not just somebody who takes your insurance, which I know is really hard, but somebody who is the best of the best that can get you feeling better. We, I think we all come to points in our journeys where we say, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to, we need to fix this. Like, I can't do anything until we fix this. And I got that way with my health. And I had to stop doing some things and, and pay out of pocket. And it ultimately is what got me out of pain. So it's nice to be on the other side of that. And I would just encourage you to, to look for somebody who can help. There's somebody out there who can help you. I promise there is somebody out there and you will feel better and you're going to get better, but you've got to, you've got to find the right people to help you and be on a good team. And so I just, I think that that, that's probably the next step from there is just to kind of get some help getting a diagnosis and really figuring out what's going on with your physiology and why is it causing these chronic symptoms? Um, because dealing with it daily for two years is not okay. I mean, two years is just debilitating. I will say CBD oil. I know you're pregnant, so I can't, I know that's not going to help in the short term, but I will say that that's been so helpful for me waking up in the middle of the night for anybody else listening to this that's not pregnant. Waking up in the middle of the night, CBD oil has really changed it for me. I've been able to take that right when I wake up, get back to sleep, and then the next night I don't need it because I sleep through the whole night. So when I wake up in the middle of the night, it's bad sleep begets bad sleep. It's it's a terrible cycle to be in. It's like when you don't sleep, then you just get in these ho- this horrible cycle of, of broken sleep and waking up weird and your circadian rhythms get all off. So if you can have these little things, these things in your toolbox that you can go to to get you back to sleep, to quiet your mind, it really helps. Um, okay. Question number three is from Sam. Overcoming imposter syndrome. I'd love to hear more about how you guys first started out in the nutrition field and any main struggles you had. I'd be interested to know, Steph, like, do you feel imposter syndrome now that you're a doctor? Um, just with your kind of new new phase of life, too. Yeah, thanks. I love this. Uh, I love this question because I have a lot of experience with imposter syndrome. Uh, but actually, honestly, not really personally. Um, it's not something that has, that I've struggled with, but I am surrounded by people who like (laughs) my entire life, I've been surrounded by imposter syndrome. And I mean, like it, it touches me on occasion, but, and I've had my own, you know, we all have our own, uh, things that we're dealing with. Um, and it hasn't been mine. Uh, but I, but I, I do, I do know a lot of people who struggle with it. And I think part of why imposter syndrome has never really been a big problem for me is the way I see other people and the way I see myself. Okay. I don't necessarily see other people on a pedestal. Like they're not necessarily, there's nothing qualitatively different about me and somebody who has succeeded at something, except that 
their circumstances, their work, their this, their universe, like there are things, right? But there's nothing that prevents me. Like there's, there's, there may be, <laughs> there may be like um, environmental circumstances, right? There may be some circumstances that make differences, but we're all just human at the end of the day. And we are where we are because we are where we are. Um, and I also, I see like success, quote unquote, like what is success at the end of the day? For me, being a successful person is being somebody who gets up and keeps going. And maybe sometimes you don't keep going because that's what you need. And that's also like a form of success, right? Um, but journeying and taking steps is success. And the thing to be proud of isn't necessarily the accolade at the end of the road. And let me tell you, like in my personal experience, every single time I've put a bunch of effort into achieving a certain thing and then achieved it, I've been like, wow, I was expecting like a certain kind of satisfaction here. And that quality of satisfaction is not here. <laughs> it's like, so hanging our hats or putting all of our emotional eggs in a fulfillment basket of having to get to a certain point for me has not panned out. And instead, so instead of looking necessarily at these like specific landmarks, I look at like, how do I live every day? And if you're working towards a specific goal, like goals are great. Goals are important. Goals are really helpful for purpose and, you know, enjoying life in certain ways. Like if you're working toward goals, that's cool. Like, that's great. I do that a lot. Um, I would just say like, again, looking at the day and many people will say like, yeah, it's the journey, right? It's all about the journey. Yeah, fine. You know, or it's about the process. Like these are different ways of talking about it. Um, for me, I think about the fact that like nobody makes a perfect first anything has who among us has once upon a time seen my first website. Right. And I don't even mean the first paleo <laughs> for what. I don't even mean the first. <laughs> no, I was on mute and I was laughing, so I just had to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like right. paleo for women. I mean, and also like for right. the super old guard, paleo pepper was like a thing. Oh, I can't I even I about even paleo like I'm pepper. embarrassed to even say that, but I'm saying it because I oh, trust man. all of yeah. y'all this audience. And here's the thing, like, like there's a part of me like, oh, I'm a little embarrassed to talk about that because it was so like the content, the writing style, the every, the design, everything, right? Nobody makes a first great everything. But if you're, if you're going somewhere, just keep heading in that direction. And you don't have to beat yourself up when it's not perfect, when you're not getting there in a certain amount of time, like, you know, putting pressure on yourself in terms of time can sometimes be useful, but very often isn't. Um, and so just be on the way. That's what I always say whenever anybody talks to me about any of the stuff I'm working on or my personal development, I'm on the way to what I, there's not an end. <laughs> I'm on the way. I'm being human. I'm doing a thing. I'm working on some things. Ho hopefully I'll get better at them. And if not, that's okay. Right. Um, and so <laughs> it's so funny in my notes, I have in all caps. Did anyone see my first website? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Somebody here has. <laughs> yeah. And the thing, and the thing to be like, the thing to be proud of truly is to, is to like be in yourself and self-aware and, excited, like proud of yourself for continuing to just keep moving towards things that you care about. And again, if that shifts, cool, you know, cool. If that means setting it aside for a while. Cool. Like I'm doing a lot of setting aside right now, but that's just important. It's part of who I am and how I'm trying to like keep being on the way to continuing being on the way. <laughs> um, and I would say, of course, also surround yourself with people who have the same view and don't necessarily put, you know, put stock in, in a specific career or a specific thing you're working towards. Uh, and finally, I would say it could also be great to believe in what you're serving more than anything else, right? So if the goal is to help people with their health and fitness needs, you know, to help people with maybe a more specific targeted issue, whatever any of us are trying to help people with, if you feel that so deeply, the role you're more like a like a channel, right? You're you're the way, and it, it removes some of the sting of what might be embarrassment from like whatever you know uh, the work that I've I've produced in my life that hasn't been great. Like fine, what is great anyway? Right? So, um, I think I think loyalty to the to the thing that you care about. Oh, um, Victor Frankel, what did he say? 
like, you know, something about like, forget about success and then you'll be successful. But he said it much more eloquently. Um, because what you would, what brings us forward is, you know, a passion for, um, goodness and impact and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, and drawing yourself out of it can also help remove the stress. It can help you like, again, like not, not be stoppered, you know, by uh, concerns about who you are and how you look to other people. And can you actually do this? Yes, you can. People do this. Like it's done by somebody, whatever it is, we're all trying to do like it's done by somebody. And if you take a step back and look at what they've done, it's like, can I do that? You know, and if I can and I want to, great. And if I can't and I don't want to, like, fine, you know, but um, people do things and we are all people. And so <laughs> there we go. That's that's my answer. That's the quote. Feel free to quote me on that one <laughs> for the Instagram highlight. People do things. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. just kidding. Don't. OK, bye. Um, I I think that that was great. I will say the one of the things that I have always kind of held on to is you don't have to know like everything you just have to know more than the people that you're helping and i think moving on i love that we're all on the way i still never feel like i know enough or know everything experience has been my greatest teacher getting questions from you all and then diving into the research has been my greatest teacher so i'm learning on the way and i still am to this day it's not oh that's a good quote um it, it's not like you never arrive. You're always continuing to learn. And if you continue to have a sense of humility, like, I don't know it all. Because when you think that you do know it all, that's a, that's more of a problem than saying, I don't know it all and I need to learn more. So because every, you know, things are always changing, too. One of the things that um, Shalene Johnson said, I've, you know, used to listen to her podcast years ago. And she, I really had a moment, which was, and I think I've mentioned this here, too, is that you don't need it to be perfect. You just need it to be good enough. So while you're kind of moving through creating a space, a brand, helping others, don't get hung up on it needs to be perfect. It needs to have every single point. It needs to look perfect. It needs to you know, be designed perfect. It needs to be like all these other people who are doing it. Make it good enough and get it out there because you learn as you go. You learn as you put things out there and you learn as you you know, make mistakes and help other people and, you know, see what is working. So um, what's one other thing I wanted to say? I think that's it. I Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've... <laughs> your website. Gosh, my website was horrible in the beginning, too. And, you know, I'm still trying to refine it's it. It's gorgeous I'm now. I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, stuff well, takes time too. Stuff takes time. Yeah, and I'm I'm working on a new launch too now. But it, it just it, it, one of the things that encouraged me. This is what I'm gonna say. One of the things that encouraged me as I was getting started is as, as I looked at everybody's first draft of their websites. You know, when they first started, like Wellness Mama, for example, who was right when I was getting started was this blogger who was just huge and doing all these things and beautiful website and you know a million page views a month. And I looked at her first website and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like. It was bad. And she will say it was bad, right? And so, and I listened to everybody's first podcast because when we started this podcast, we didn't, I mean, we didn't know everything. We still don't. So I listened to everybody's first podcast. I look at everybody's first draft and it's encouraging because everybody has to start somewhere. So the only way to get to where you want to go is to start. The last question is from Allie, which is trying to transition to safer household products for my family. What would you recommend starting with? Do you want me just to dive into that? That is correct. Wow. We just know each other so well. You do yeah, you. Go on. I figured. Uh, okay. So for cleaning products, I have tried most things. Better Life. You'll find it on Amazon. I will link to it in the show notes. Better Life is my my primary cleaning brand. They have a good floor cleaner. They have really good dishwasher detergent and dish soap. I also use Puracy. Puracy used to sponsor this podcast because I begged them to because I was using their stuff. Um, I use their hand sanitizer. I use their, so they have like a foaming hand soap, which I use for my kids. And then they have a really good, like big refill bags of pump hand soap. Hmm. Liquid laundry detergent, Puracy. Powdered laundry detergent, Molly Suds. I get that on Thrive Market. You can also get it on Amazon. Candles and scents. 
uh, primally pure. And it, I try to find good soy candles. I don't really burn candles anymore, but sometimes I just want, you know, one or two. Get a soy candle that has like just natural essential oils. Um, primally Pure makes awesome room spray and like essential oil blends. They have some autumn scents right now. So I have their room spray. I have their essential oil blend and I have the hand soap, the limited edition autumn hand soap. For body products, I use Beauty Counter's body wash, shampoo, and conditioner. It is the best conditioner. I've tried so many conditioners that don't actually leave my hair soft and like make my hair feel like I don't know, grass. I, I, conditioner is a thing for me. When my scalp is super itchy, I do have some psoriasis on my scalp. I think it must, it's probably caused by stress, but also when I start working out more, it just, my scalp gets a little like the sweat and all the things. So there's a brand called Derma E Scalp Relief Shampoo with psoriasma. Like it's a psoriasis, psoriasis eczema blend of herbs. Um, that is what I use on my scalp, just little areas of my scalp, and it clears it right up. It's got salicylic acid in it, so it just kind of clears it right up on my scalp. And then I'll use the Beauty Counter Shampoo on the rest of my hair because I feel like that's more moisturizing. The salicylic acid shampoo tends to be more drying. Uh, and then I also use Dr. Bronner's Soap Bars. If you just search that on Amazon, Dr. Bronner's, they'll have like a six-pack of lavender soap bars. Those things last forever, and you can just use that in the shower. So I use that, and then I'll use, like, a charcoal soap bar for my face um, from Beauty Counter in the shower, like, post-workout. That's typically my routine. Skincare, of course, is all Beauty Counter Primally Pure, like I mentioned earlier. Primally Pure, my favorites are, like, the Everything Spray. They have a really cool plumping mask. Beauty Counter, I love the Counter Timeline, the pink bottles, and the vitamin C serum. It's all anti-aging. <laughs> We've already talked about that. And uh, makeup. So all my makeup is Beauty Counter because that's the highest performing. I love Jane Arendelle, too. If you're looking for powders in particular, Jane Arendelle is really great for sensitive skin. I was having eyelid dermatitis earlier this year, so I actually switched to Jane Arendelle like a powder foundation, which I love, and um, eyeshadows, and I love them. They're great. Those are my things. Do you have anything else to add? No, I think that's great. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's it from us this week. Um, again, join my email list, coconutsandcatabals.com slash beauty for all the safe products, skincare, all the stuff, and the promotions that I do. For more from Stephanie, healthtoempower.com. She's at stephanie.ruper on Instagram to see all of her home furniture decor stuff because she's she's entering that phase and it's been fun to watch. I'm Coconuts and Kettlebells on Instagram. Thanks so much for being here. We will talk to you next week.